Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield. Well, good morning on Friday, the 22nd of December. Uh, as it's been noted in my household, how is it possible that Christmas is on a Monday and who let that happen? Well, what does that do for, I mean, uh, how does that work into the, uh, I mean, is that a bad thing? I guess maybe it is. Well, it kind of it kind of wrecks getting an extra holiday. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Tuesday's good. Thursday's good, right? No, not Thursday, but Tuesday's good. Uh, yeah, or weekends. Or weekends. But um, I and this this holiday, I am so overconfident. I spent an hour yesterday with my du- uh, easy deluxe bow maker, and now I think I want a craft show on PBS. And then later, I'm going to try and make my own tamales. I'm just full of bad ideas. How about a craft? Oh, maybe there can be a craft show on uh, Voice America. You could do. Of course, how do you do that? It's all audio. Uh, whatever. Well, anyway, good well, morning. I'm not very crafty, so I'd be better with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd be I'd be better without video. I'm not I'm not very skilled, and I and I might drink while I bow make. So here we are, Merritt. Uh, so this, yeah, and this has been an interesting, uh, uh, an interesting week. We've got um, uh, a couple new con- uh, contracts coming up. We're bidding on some more work uh, in uh, in Poland. Uh, we're waiting uh, for a spending bill for our government clients. Uh, we're unable. We've got some uh, events coming up in January that we really can't do anything for because there is no money. You see, you see, this is that's the wrong way to look at it. I've I've, I've said this before: breakfast burrito sales. That takes care of it, you know. <laughs> I mean, you have to have quite a few sales. Your numbers have to be pretty high <laughs> in order to get the money to do the work. But hey, so here we are. It's, I guess you know, this, so. I guess so. I was going to say, you know, it is low stress on us, right? I was going to say this it's, episode it's reminds me of this episode uh, kind of reminds me of the uh, the the first episode we ever did talking about corporate culture and and the brand and uh, kind of bringing it all together, which seems seems to be pretty good for uh, you know kind of get, getting us to the holidays. I, you know, I I agree. It's uh, just uh, to me absolutely vital, and especially in the context of the show we did last week, where we talked about what happens uh, in your corporate culture when something bad happens and how do you prevent it. And how do you let people know uh, what your policies are? Uh, a lot of folks say that communications can't drive operations. And I think you and I agree that's both wrong. Uh, we both agree that's wrong. Uh, people have to know uh, what the expectations are, what the goals are, what, uh, uh, what, their, what success for the company looks like and how, what their role in that success is. And you can't do that without uh, strong communication. Yeah, more and more that's the case, and uh, I think we find it all the time. Um, I know that whenever we talk to um, potential clients for our uh, digital signage work, 
the thing you hear is the fact that um, uh, you know the stove piping and how the person in one cubicle doesn't even know what the person in the next cubicle does for a living. So uh, the need to communicate well within or, within an organization, and then of course obviously with outside of the organization. Is uh, is essential to not only just to um, it's essential to morale. It's essential to pretty much everything to make a company work well. Well, and and you know, uh, everyone um, every time there's a generation that's not ours. So whether it's baby boomer or Gen X or whatever came after Gen X, because I'm Gen X and I don't really care who comes after me, but millennials or whatever, um, everyone is talking about how to engage them. And I really think across generations, it's just a matter of not how to engage them, but that you engage them to begin with. Uh, I don't care if the employee is 23 or 63, if uh, everybody has a sense of purpose and a common sense of urgency to drive the organization forward, you're going to see success and you're going to have uh, uh, fully realized employees. I think that gets lost sometimes in the in the hustle of and bustle of day-to-day work and um, yeah, and very quickly someone can be uh, can be lost in that or the entire organization can be lost in that. So, but you know that once again we fight we face that problem all the time about uh, you know the fact that you bring it up a lot that uh, that uh, what we do is 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 considered and is overhead and uh, in this day and age it's difficult to to sell overhead. Yeah, I, uh, one of my favorite case studies that's got to be at least um, a dozen years old now comes out of FedEx, and they actually made a concerted effort with regard to internal communication, and they tied operational output and operational improvements to how they communicated to their employees. And guess what? When their employees knew what the goals were, what their roles were in meeting those goals, the goals were met or surpassed. You know, I had a um, email. Go ahead, Merritt. People, that's intuitive. Well, of course I talk to my employees. Do you really? Do you um, uh, do, do your employees know what's expected of them? Do they know what your larger goals are? Uh, that's something we try and do at Fox Optima uh, simply by just, uh, for us, it's financial results. And we we definitely want the whole uh, everybody in our company to know that our revenues come from their work. And how, uh, and that's a very direct arithmetic uh, uh, transaction. Do you think it's? I would assume. And there, uh, you know, there are other. I was going to say it's easier. The smaller the organization, of course, I, I think the easier to make that happen. The bigger the organization, the more challenging it can be, and uh, to 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 share that information or to be allowed to share that information. And that's and that can be a huge uh, uh, issue if you look in the large uh, health companies because there's so much information that has to be kept um, just employee training, and so that uh, your first line healthcare providers uh, understand what should and shouldn't be shared. Uh, it, it, it's very complex, and I will say this: it's wonderful when you see a healthcare organization do it right because that is among the most. Uh, among the most vital services that anyone goes to a large company for. And when when they really do it right, we've got an organization here in Albuquerque who I think does uh, uh, Presbyterian healthcare. Um, everybody in the uh, entire uh, primary care office is on the same uh, same 
plan. They are able to, oh, I could, they're, they're not uh, stopped by barriers. They know they can put, uh, put you on hold and go find someone and ask somebody something in an urgent situation. And it, it's, an, it's an issue of enablement, empowerment, and trust. Boy, and how do you think that happened? <laughs> Just by luck, or what? Come on, what happened? How did how did it work? Because you don't find that that often. You know, you know, it sounds to me like we need to have somebody from Presbyterian Healthcare on this show to tell us how. Ah, there you go. That's see, there you go. You know, we wonder who we're gonna have next week, week after that. Who we're gonna? Have. That's good. There you go. Good idea. We've got our next two shows booked, but. I'm thinking mid uh, mid January. That might uh, that might be a good one because, also, you know how uh, you communicate uh, to your uh, uh, to healthcare clients um, has a direct impact on whether they follow your directions or not. And it's their health and sometimes their lives. So it, I mean, it, it couldn't have higher stakes. So uh, definitely, that's I think that's an example where your corporate culture. Uh, uh, manifest itself very quickly in the frontline employee. Well, while uh, we may have our next two episodes uh, booked, uh, that doesn't stop folks from calling in or emailing in their questions. And look how it worked last week, where we didn't even have a guest, and we did. But sure, sure as heck, we did. So uh, I would certainly encourage oh, folks to, oh, yeah, to give yeah, a call. Okay. That can trump. That can trump all kinds of things. You make a call in. Indeed, indeed. We, uh, well, you and I will shift topics. Um, like the sands of the Sahara, so that's no problem. But our uh, call-in line is 866-472-5790, or you can email us at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. Well, and, and I'm uh, enthusiastic about our guest coming up. Andrew Barlow um, is someone I've actually known longer than you, Gary, and uh, uh, we're, we're growing old together at Vox Optima. Um, Andrew Barlow is uh, uh, uniquely qualified, I think, as a public affairs practitioner because, surprise listeners, he's another former Navy public affairs officer. But even better, he's a graduate of the NRTC program at the University of Notre Dame, of course, which I am as well. So uh, I've known uh, uh, Andrew since he was a senior and uh, I was a freshman. And of course, when I was a freshman, I was seven. Uh, so right. Andrew's much, much older, much, much uh, older than I am. Uh, he's been working uh, in Austin, uh, uh, mostly since he left uh, left the Navy. He has been the primary speechwriter to the governor and lieutenant governor of Texas. He has um, a phenomenal podcast called Moving People Forward, where he uh, has leaders who have been real innovators share how they do it. And he's, uh, we got to work with him on Austin Navy Week and uh, just a, 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 a phenomenal uh, a phenomenal piece of work there. So uh, looking forward to uh, talking with Andrew. And what we're really focused on is, is uh, making sure that uh, uh, em- employees understand, you know, employees understand And I think it's a sense of urgency. I think it's too easy, particularly in a white-collar environment, to get comfortable. And you go and you log in at a quarter to nine, and you log off at five o'clock, and um, you you, you sit at your desk, and you try not to be bothered. But every organization um, has a purpose, and there has to be a sense of urgency behind that purpose. 
Well, that's the hard that that is that sense of urgency is harder. And again, the larger the organization, the more difficult that is. Government organizations have it, I think, even more difficult because uh, some of the um, some of the signals you would get in in the commercial environment uh, aren't necessarily there in a government environment. So yeah, it's a it, it's a big challenge, and I'm looking forward to hearing what uh, what uh, we hear from Andrews. So that's going to be good. Um, well, I think that's a good time for us to to, to go to break and to, and to, and to get ready to talk to Andrew. And um, uh, this is the brand ambassadors. And again, um, uh, the, you should join us, folks. Uh, you know, with your voice, uh, and, and give us a call at eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or of course, you can email us at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. Again, it's the brand ambassadors, and we're going to be back in just a couple of minutes with our guest. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program 
Welcome back. And we are joined by Andrew Barlow, founder and CEO of Overflow Communications. And you can learn more about Andrew either at our episode page or at overflowcommunications.com. Andrew, thanks so much for joining us uh, so soon before Christmas. Oh, no problem. It's a great way to kind of transition from the work week, work year into a little bit of time off. I'm all about the time off. And I know the biggest disappointment is... And I, I think uh, in talking with Andrew, planning the show, our biggest disappointment is we didn't pre-record this at 5 o'clock somewhere because, uh, uh, like uh, your host here, Andrew is quite the bourbon aficionado. So I'm going to ask the first question, what brown liquor are you pouring uh, this holiday season? Lately, I've been on uh, the Texas whiskey kick. Um, so I've got a uh, bottle of Garrison Brothers flagship brand that I actually bottled myself during a volunteer bottling event at the distillery oh. earlier this year. It's signed by the distiller, and uh, it's it should get me at least through the weekend. You see, that is the kind <laughs> of volunteer work to do. I just, re- I mean, if you're going to do volunteer work, which you should do, everybody, I mean, the holidays help, that's the kind of volunteer work. Hmm. I, I do I do like that, and uh, I mean, uh, and- Andrew is, you know, noble for many reasons, not just his volunteer work, but also being a Naval ROTC of Notre Dame graduate. And um, I and you've got a, a daughter at Notre Dame and a son at Auburn. So uh, I, I, I can applaud all those things. My brother was on faculty at Auburn for a long time. So I approve of all your nepotistic connections, as though that matters. Yeah, we just, it's just all about relationship. You know, we've kind of got the country covered north and south. And uh, actually, our our daughter graduated Notre Dame, and she's now at UT Southwestern pursuing a PhD. So fortunately, the uh, children inherited their mother's intelligence. Oh my God! And uh, I just take credit. <laughs> well, you know, um, we've been talking really this whole series about. Um, uh, employees uh, impacting their corporate culture and their corporate brand, and you do a lot of work um, uh, training uh, training organizations and helping pull that out of both leaders and employees. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure, uh, Overflow has been around since uh, 2007, and we've had a you know obviously a variety of clients on the corporate and political and you know agency and nonprofit side as we go. And one of the things we've discovered is that. You know, we hear a lot from leaders that, you know, they, they kind of deal with like a what you might call a demand curve or the law of diminishing returns where as you have an employee base and it grows, um, you know, there comes a point where paying them more doesn't necessarily elicit more effort. It doesn't necessarily elicit more kind of connectedness to the organization. And we work with them to kind of work on engagement. You know, employee engagement is a big you know, is it is a big trend. It's an important one that's going on. But we work with them really to really kind of help bring their people into alignment. Um, you know, you you can think of a startup that may have started with you know three or four or five employees, and if they're running six hundred employees right now or more, you know, they have they have to learn. These leaders have to learn to engage differently with their people, to connect people, to try to re, you know retain that you know that initial kind of insurgence mindset. And we do it through you know, in a variety of ways, um, but we do it through, uh, you know, quarterly meetings with people. Um, but our big, our big philosophy is we kind of set a year-long philosophy, a year-long theme. We, we work, we connect it to the company's kind of values and mission, and then we work to really kind of reconnect people with their own 
life purpose and passion, and then eventually align all of those together so that you end up with a workforce that's kind of pointing more in the right direction. Uh, Andrew, uh, have you seen uh, like uh, examples where an organization has uh, things you know very askew, not qu- not lined up, and how you were able to bring them uh, over whatever amount of time it would be back into that alignment? Sure, we have a, you know a major. You know, it's interesting. You were talking about Presbyterian uh, healthcare earlier in the show, but um, you know, one of our clients is a major hospital uh, here in Austin, and um, you know, they brought us in. You know, ten years ago, uh, to take part in their employee engagement efforts, and we were able, and fairly, you know, fairly early on, um, we were able to show kind of empirically uh, an increase, you know, significant, like a double-digit increase in uh, employee engagement, as you know, kind of as was measured in their, you know, kind of employee surveys year over year, and um, you know, the things that you find uh, is as businesses go from kind of the, you know, small. Uh, you know, we're all in this together, um, we're part of something new, we're part of something different. You know, you take those smaller organizations and as they grow and they become more bureaucratic they, they be, by necessity, as they become more measured by necessity, there's always a possibility that uh, people will start to lose connection, you know, with that kind of, you know, with the kind of that spirit. They lose connection with the vision itself. Um, you know, so it's incumbent upon leaders to over-communicate why what people do matters, and that needs to apply definitely to the bottom line. Merritt, you mentioned earlier how you know you, you work to make sure that everybody who works with Box understands the the direct connection between their actions and effort and the bottom line um, in terms of in a financial sense. But then there's also an important element where people need to understand how their company, their organization, whatever they work, wherever they work, is impacting the lives of others and is changing the lives of others. Because at some point, where you know the, our humanity kind of where you know, kind of pushes through the financial con- concerns and everything else, and we need it to have a sense that we're making a difference in the lives of others, that we're leaving a mark of our own, and that's part of what we do by sharing using the power of story, so that people can hear from you know their, their patients, customers, clients, and they can also hear from their coworkers about why what they do matters. Do you yeah, find the result? And that's, uh, that's something to uh, that it's you know it's more than just uh, the finances. But I will say this: when you hire former military folks, as we do, you know when you're in the military, your pay always stays the same, and about all you can get is a letter of commendation or maybe another medal. And medals um, in this generation have kind of become like Hershey bars. I mean, there's uh, you know it's, there's the showing up for work on time medal. What I found with our veterans. Actually, a bonus is a lot more relevant to them because it's something that could never happen in the military. And almost uh, every veteran uh, who I worked with, and I had the same reaction when they get their first bonus uh, in the private sector, say, this is so much better than another achievement medal. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I think, you know, we, we the, the three of us probably had the benefit of growing up in a generation where, you know, it was really kind of not, you know, we did not grow up with fawning praise. You know, um, and you know, I think that our, as our culture has has evolved, um, you know, there was there's you know nowadays, you know, there's you know the fawning praise is, is kind of part of the diet. So, like you're saying, back in our day, if somebody gave you a pat on the back, you know, gave you a little rec- recognition in front of your peers, whatever, it was like great. You know, it was man, that's it's nice. Um, so I think, like you're saying, it's you know, just to to have that pat on the back maybe doesn't mean as much, and that's why I think it's important 
to kind of go back to that core purpose. You know, I, I talk about the fact that over the arc of my career, that coming out of college, I was able to spend eight years where I knew day in and day out, no matter what I did, how I did it, that I was at least part of something bigger than myself, which was the defense, you know, of our nation and of our values around the world. And then I was, I spent seven years in ministry and I knew getting up out of bed in the morning that I had an opportunity to at least help give people hope, you know, to connect them with something bigger than themselves working, you know, for Governor Perry and Lieutenant Governor Dewhurst and various Texas folks, you know, in leadership, I knew that I had a role in working to make the state a better place. So, you know, those kind of things are the ones that, you know, when you when you need to push through and, and finish the job, work a little harder, go a little longer, um, that, that they're the things that can drive you when maybe money necessarily can't. You know, I find and I, that... And I think it's important in to have this sense of urgency and that's a real challenge when you go from uh, um, a, a startup which is, it's personality based and by personality based it's the personality of the founders of the people who are there to start it up and then when the organization develops um, its own brand it can be a challenge I think for organizations it was for Vox Optima to move from Merit's company to the company um, that happens to employ Merit Right. I, I think that um, oftentimes in larger organizations, people are, um, they, they're not satisfied, but they may not consciously know what it is. You know, and Andrew, you talk about, you know, they understand where the company is going and what their values are. But I think sometimes it's just they're like, I don't know why it is. I'm just not happy here. I'm not sure what it is until, and, and, uh, and until someone points out, Here's why. Here's why you're coming in. It's it, you know it's just not enough for a lot of folks just you know to come in and and, and uh, punch the clock, even though they may not know consciously that it's not enough for them. And then maybe when it's brought to their attention that, oh oh yeah, here's why I'm coming in every day. I'm not just th- there's a lot more to this than me just collecting my paycheck. Well, you know, people talk about a midlife crisis. You know, and there's the, at some point, you know. It's kind of anecdotal and traditional that a person will say, gosh, why am I even here? What's the point? You know, and some people flip out and, you know, leave their family and go, you know, buy a Corvette and some gold chains. But, you know, that is that is kind of the pent-up outburst that happens. But I think along the course, you know, of, of your life, you know, people do look and say, why am I here? What difference am I making? And I think that if an, if an organization can really make the effort to to connect with their employees. And, and, and again, a, a critical voice in this conversation is the CEO and through, and also, you know, through the management that he empowers or she empowers is to make sure that people understand why they're even here and the difference that we're making together and why their contribution matters. Because short of that, they're just another cog in, in the machine, uh, you know, and they don't, and they can be easily replaced. You know, they can, you know, they can go down and it's still fine. Um, so I think, that's an essential part of leadership, which is to remind people why they matter, why their contribution matters, and why the you know a, a stronger contribution leads to a better outcome. So, and that's part of what a really strong internal in communications and engagement program can do. I can think of um, uh, examples in my past when I was uh, in the Navy, and then where the leader, in particular, an admiral, it, it, you'd, you'd only see him at official events. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and you just wouldn't, otherwise you'd rarely see him as just the regular sailors working in the organization. 
But then there was uh, a couple of occasions uh, where, and I can think of one specifically, where there was the admiral, and, and he shocked everybody because he just like, would show up over your back and just sit there and talk to you. And I think it had a dramatic impact on the fact that this uh, that the leadership was looking and, and engaged with that specific person and making them feel like, as an individual, they meant something. Hey, we've got to go to break uh, right now, but... Um, um, we are talking to Andrew Barlow and uh, having a great conversation about corporate culture. And uh, please give us a call at 866-472-5790 if you want to join in the conversation. Or, of course, uh, at our email address, brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. This is the Brand Ambassadors, and we'll be right back in a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back to the Brand Ambassadors. Uh, I'm Gary Potterfield, along with Merritt Hamilton Allen, and our guest today, Andrew Barlow of Overflow Communications. And uh, Andrew, just as uh, 
we were really going to break. I, I talked a little bit about uh, an admiral that uh, walked around, and uh, I thought that had a big impact. And what, what's, your, what's your feeling on, on that issue? Well, you know, uh, during my tenure, uh, you know, my final public affairs tour in the Navy, I was the PAO on the aircraft carrier Kitty Hawk. And uh, we had a commanding officer who was, you know, kind of an unassuming fella. You know, he was a, you know, he was a, um, you know, he was basically, he wasn't, he wasn't a fighter pilot. Uh, and he, but he was, he, he taught me the value of management by walking around, you know, and he was one of those guys who, his predecessor, you could find him in his office, you could find him in his stateroom, you could find him on the bridge, but you could never find Captain Terry McGee because he was out on the deck plate and he was always out walking around, always out talking to people and he wasn't snooping. He wasn't, you know, you know, trying to undermine his, you know, his officers. But what he was doing was he was just out and about learning, listening, talking. And, uh, there, then he would, and you would end up in these conversations with him later on. And he'd say, Hey, did you know that, you know, uh, you know, petty officer Anderson, uh, his wife's having a baby. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, what are you doing about it? Or, you know, I noticed that, you know, uh, you know, there was some rust on, on gun mount number, you know, gun mount number one or whatever. And so it was just one of those things where there was a, a really fascinating accountability piece. And there was also a very clear message being sent to the, to the, you know, to the, the team that their leadership was involved and available and interested. And so you know, I find working with, with clients here, especially in larger, larger organizations, that, you know, there is no limit to the things that can fill a CEO's time. There's a million meetings, there's a million phone calls, there's lunches, there's dinners, there's speeches, there's all these different things that they can do, but there's, you know, they, it's really important for leaders, and, you know, whether it's CEO, president, and also down, you know, the different tiers of management to get out of your office and get out and just talk to people, listen to people, be out and about, make it so that it's not unusual for them to see you and make sure that people understand that they can just tell you what's on their mind. Now, this kind of puts an onus on your middle management to do the same thing because you don't want those conversations about, you know, that include things that nobody likes called surprises. So, uh, so really what it comes down to is a decision by leadership to, that, that this is important, that, that knowing our people, knowing their concerns, knowing what's going on like throughout the entire enterprise is important. And we're going to get out and do it. We're not just going to talk about it, but we're going to put it on our calendar. We're going to, you know, set, you know, make sure that the different areas that we're accountable for are going to be touched as we go through on a recurring basis, and then use the information that you gather as you go to improve the organization. Um, you know, within the healthcare world, it's called rounding. Um, when a doc, you know, you, you're, you know, you watch the show Scrubs and they go out and do the rounds, but, you know, the, the concept that's taken hold within healthcare in particular is executive rounding. And the idea is you have to get out and spend the time, be visible, be available, listen, talk, you know, learn and improve. Um, and what you see when that happens, you know, people talk about an open door policy, but 99% of employees, unless they have a massive, you know, chip on their shoulder, are going to walk through an open door. However, if you walk through their door, you will have the conversations that start to, you know, transform an organization from the inside out. And that's interesting. Executive rounding was something I saw uh, when my father was hospitalized uh, at Presbyterian is uh, – you know, administ- I saw administrators just wandering, not wandering, rounding and coming in and tr- introducing themselves, asking, introducing themselves to my dad, asking how everything was going. And as a patient, that made me feel really good that uh, someone left their desk where they have a pile of stuff to go see what was actually happening in the hospital. 
I think um, Mike's. Uh, I, I wonder what your thoughts are, both of you, on this. Is that I think that um, an equally important uh, aspect of uh, maintaining a good corporate culture uh, is trust in the employees. In other words, the belief that the the expectation, the belief that they are doing their best and doing good work, and not the uh, um, you know the gotcha kind of an attitude uh, um, of Are you doing your Are you doing What are you doing for me today? I just think uh, people flourish, employees flourish, when they are trusted. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you look at another program that, you know, within the HCA and the, you know, the hospital corporation, you know, and their their presence here in Austin, which is the St. David's family of hospitals. And, you know, they have their, what they call their eye care values, you know, which is integrity, compassion, you know, on down the line. Uh, And basically what they do is they, they make a point of anybody can nominate an employee who is basically caught caring, um, and they, they just give a quick write up. You know, when it, you know it's something as simple as a, a nurse who stays five minutes at the end of her shift to make sure that a patient's taken care of. You know, it's a you know custodial personnel who you know makes sure that you know goes and picks up somebody's cell phone that they dropped off their bed. So you know, just those little human touches that improve the care experience that show people who are genuinely committed to the mission, which is, you know, providing exceptional care for patients, they have an opportunity to be recognized. And, and once a month, they have a, a rally, you know, a get-together in a big conference room with food and whatever, and they have an eye care social, and they basically point out, you know, the, the best of the best of people who are recognized for caring, and they give them a gift, and maybe it's a $50 Starbucks gift card or whatever, um, but just, you know, recognizing people in front of their peers for doing the right thing never gets old. I, you know, and something I'd like to uh, uh, ask is a is a slightly different view. We're talking about how uh, really uh, people and employees, frontline employees, drive the personality and the brand of the organization, and we're talking about some success stories. I'd like to ask, what happens when uh, that connection isn't being made? How do you put an organization on a reset? How do you uh, how do you tell an organization that they're doing it wrong? Well, they they know. I mean, they, they you know they're going to find out one way or the other, and you know it's obviously the the most pressing way they're going to know and learn is when they see a decline in revenues, profits, and so forth. Um, you know, but in this day and age, with Yelp and you know the various social media platforms and and whatever, the negative feedback is coming back. You know, whether it's through again lower numbers of you know of engagements or you know people. You know, coming hard at them, you know, through social media channels. Um, of course, a company can choose not to listen to those things. There's a lot of folks who are like who will just say, "Well, they're just cranks." You know, they're gonna if they weren't complaining of us, they yell at somebody else. Um, but you know, it's it's incumbent upon a company to be a listening company to find out and make and, and be sure that their frontline engagements are going well. Um, listening to that feedback, you know, for example, with most hospitals, you get a call the next day um, from a nurse. Uh, who basically just says, "Hey, just want to check in, see how things are going after discharge," and they but they'll also get another call from a polling organization, and they'll basically give them a quick survey: "How did it go?" You know, patient satisfaction, and actually, patient satisfaction is is part. You know, the, those numbers are part of the Affordable Care Act, and that hospitals get reimbursed based on the quality of uh, patient satisfaction as determined by those phone calls. Um, so, I mean, the data is there, and. If they find that it's on a decline, and 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 you know, as soon as you strengthen one thing, something else is going to fall off, or 
but it's, you know, so it's an ongoing process of making sure your people understand, you know, this is how we do things. This is how you can certainly use scripts for interactions. Um, but you know, there, there, you have to standardize, you know, the, the joy and you have to standardize the, the way you treat people. Um, you know, there's another concept, another studer group out of Pensacola or out of kind of the Florida panhandle is one of the leading innovators in helping hospitals really normalize those kind of interactions with patients that drive patient satisfaction. And they have, um, you know, they have concepts like keywords at key times and they, they drill their nurses and frontline employees on, you know, just using phrases like, is there anything else I can do for you? Because I have the time. You know, or when they walk into a room, they'll say, I'm, I'm washing my hands for your safety. You know, they just they hammer these points home so that when, when they, the patient gets the call or the patient's family gets the call the next day after discharge, they ask them questions like, did you, feel, did you feel like your nurse was rushed or do you feel like they made time for you? And in their head, they're hearing, oh, well, the nurse said, I have the time, you know, or did you feel that you're, you know, that you were being, you know, protected, you know, you know from germs and stuff. And they're like, well... I remember the nurse saying that she was washing her hands for my safety. So things like that, you can standardize, you know, the language that your frontline employees use and, and just reiterate it and hammer the point home because those are things that shape people's perception of, of the care and the service that they're getting. And you can go and just simple things like that can go a long way to, to triggering happy, satisfied thoughts on the part of your customers. And I think that's really where the rubber, where the rubber meets the road, because uh, especially in a hospital environment, that's where uh, if this, if it's understaffed, if the nurses don't have time, there might be a reason. If the nurses are harried, there's a reason. It's going to become very obvious very quickly um, to your uh, to your clients if you are not walking uh, walking that walk. Definitely. And Gary, I cut you off. What were you starting to say? That's the other point I was going to make, Merritt, is that all of this, any of the internal engagement, employee engagement, things that you do, do have to have metrics. And again, there's so you know, there's obviously the you know the patient satisfaction calls that are done so that they're gauging you know patient satisfaction. But there's also internal surveys that go on where they're they're asking people you know in an anonymous fashion. You know, do you feel you have a, a voice in the decision to affect your career? Do you, you know, do you, do you feel, you know, how do you feel about your compensation? You know, how do you feel about your sense of purpose? And so those numbers are watched, are, you know, taken at least once, once a year with employees and they're watched very closely and they manage to those, you know, throughout the year. Uh, what I was going to say, Mary, uh, very- and, 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 and we're, we're, we'll talk about after after the break about uh, you know about how to to um, instant about how this is institutionalized. But uh, I think we're coming coming close to the break here. And we want to and we want to thank uh, Andrew so uh, for all the great uh, conversation. It's been my pleasure, and I'd be happy to do it again sometime when you have literally no one else who will come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Overflowcommunications.com. You're listening to the Brand Ambassadors. Uh, We'll be right back after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. 
good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program Welcome back. I'm Gary Potterfield, along with Merritt Hamilton-Allen on the Brand Ambassadors. And, uh, Merritt, we're down to our last uh, last uh, eight or nine minutes of the show. And uh, you know, I was thinking while Andrew was talking about um, it's great if, we, if you get uh, 
the reset, as you were bringing up, you, and, and you've got the organization back where it needs to be, uh, and it's everybody's job from top to bottom, but uh, is, there a, is there somebody, particularly in a large organization, who's kind of, do they need to assign someone to kind of be tracking that on a regular basis, or is there a risk that, you know, it may fall through the cracks? Hey, we, we won, we got it all fixed, everybody's happy, and then let's go move on, and no one thinks about it anymore, no one's tracking the the metrics or, or, or how it's working. I don't know what the right answer to that is, uh, if there needs to be an office of uh, corporate culture or, or, or how you would handle that. Well, you know, I say, of course, it depends on the organization, but you're right. It's really easy to declare victory and then do nothing else to uh, further that victory. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of uh, organizations find that are, are guilty of that. I think it's how it's how it's structured and the size of it. It could be something that comes out of an organization's communication department. It could be the marketing department. It could be a client experience department in a healthcare organization. It can be the patient experience department, the patient advocates. Um, there are a lot of different ways to do it for organizations who don't have. Uh, these uh, robust uh, communication uh, uh, structures, often, you know, they bring in consultants like us or like Andrew. And I, it's important, I think, when you're looking at putting together um, a requirement to bring in a, uh, a, a communication PR consultant, that you want to think about uh, not just getting through the current uh, uh, the current crisis or the current mission or the current requirement. You can bring an organization in. Uh, to help you reset, to help you optimize um, your internal and external communication. But to keep the ball rolling, it makes sense to bring the uh, consultant back in a year, not to do the same thing over again, but just do a quick check and see what's working. Maybe um, do uh, some surveys, uh, uh, look at some numbers and see what's working and what isn't and make some small adjustments. That doesn't mean you need a PR firm on a a uh, five-year retainer with monthly billing. It means you bring one in um, to manage uh, to, to to manage the uh, issue at hand, but then also have them come back on a recurring basis just to, to check and make sure things are okay. It's uh, a much, I think, more cost-effective way uh, for uh, organizations to bring in consultants like us because uh, they're only paying for the hours they need, not for uh, ongoing uh, re- retainers in case something happens. I think one of the things I've seen um, with issues related to employee communication and corporate culture and all is it it makes it up to the top five list. You know, it's oh, it's one of the it's one of our top things, but it never quite makes it to number one. And so because the boss is busy and uh, I'm going to get to that, that's really important to me. But I've got this other thing. But there's always going to be some other thing. Uh, So to that and that brings to your point. Uh, you know, bring someone else in. Realize that, yeah, I, you want to do this, but you've been wanting to do this for the past year, and you've not gotten to it. So bring somebody in, like you know, it could be us or some an organization like us, to do that one thing for you, to 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 check on how things are 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 working with your employees. Yeah, we uh, we, we call it an audit, um, a communications audit, and. Um, uh, generally, our model is the first engagement is more robust. It might be three to six months. But uh, after that, we can come back on an annual basis, see how things are going, make some recommendations uh, for adjustments. And, you know, what we also, uh, what I found us doing, uh, particularly with one of our nonprofit clients, is identifying 
you know, you need a full-time person who does this. You, you need a person wearing a name tag uh, of the organization who does this for a living. And that can be part of the audit is that we suggest uh, you bring in uh, an in-house full-time communications, uh, uh, communications executive. Uh, so uh, yeah, there, there are a lot of uh, different ways. There are a lot of different ways to handle it, uh, and I think another thing that organizations get caught up in is, well, I need someone to explain social media. I need someone to talk to me about digital. You know, actually, you can just kind of do it. I'd love to help you. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to help you, but um, I look at. Um, I remember an interesting conversation with. Um, a, a marine engineering firm, and they basically have guys on the waterfront fixing ships every day. And they created a Facebook page for their employees. And their idea, the, the mindset was, no one else cares about this. And this way, if there's bad weather or if there's required training, we just put it on Facebook. Everybody's got a Facebook account. They can get to it on their phone. Um, it was, it was a very, it's a very light solution using existing uh, technology to make sure that they could stay in touch with their employees easily. Uh, and, to, and to me, companies that are willing to um, uh, expose themselves like that, uh, I think show a lot of uh, trust in their employees, but are also, you know, you create a closed group on Facebook and you only let people in who are um, uh, employees. It's a, very, uh, it's a very light way to handle things. You don't have to create a custom messaging application for your employees. The technology is out there. Just having um, a text tree and texting uh, employees. I know a lot of Navy ships who do this now uh, for uh, passing down word or for uh, holiday muster. It's all done by text now. You know, I'm wondering about um, uh, organizations where there's maybe a, someone in leadership and they go, um, this is great, but it's just not who I am. I'm, I, I'm not good at it. I'm not, I'm not good at the leadership by walking around, even though it sounds simple Walking around sounds simple, but maybe it's, just, it's not who they are. And I, I don't know what the right answer is. I know we do executive communications training, but is there such a thing as f- helping folks find a way to make that comfortable for them uh, to, to do these kinds of things? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe it is as simple as just saying, well, hey, just go do it. Well, you know, not every COO is a uh, trained broadcaster like you, Gary. So, yeah, not everybody's going to be smooth. But uh, I think the issue is being genuine. And uh, even if uh, it's awkward, being um, self-aware of it and saying, hey, I'm not cut out of my comfort zone, but I wanted to see what was happening, employees will recognize that. If, it's, if it is authentically meant, m- meant um, and, uh, uh, the, 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 and the goal is um, to, uh, to, to listen and learn and, uh, uh, and assist and advise, uh, organiz- employees will figure that out. You don't have to be uh, either smooth or comfortable. I think you just have to be real. I agree. Well, the clock on well, the wall, Merit, uh, says we're kind of, yeah. <laughs> I know. Except for you, I don't have a clock on the wall. I have a clock on my Mac. Uh, but uh, this, uh, this ends this episode of the Brand Ambassadors. Thanks again to Andrew Barlow of Overflow Communications. That's overflowcommunications.com. And you can learn more about Gary and me at voxoptima.com. We're going to be talking next week with a year in review, looking at some of uh, the national events that took place in 2017 that were impacted by uh, corporate culture, communications, and PR. And until then, uh, for Gary Potterfield, I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen. Thanks for listening, and Merry Christmas. 
you for tuning in this week to the Brand Ambassadors. Please join Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.